Psalm 27 and 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. We are in the middle of a, a series that I've, that I've titled, entitled, Pursuing God. A couple of weeks ago we kicked it off. Of course, last week Brother Burns was here and preached our mortgage-burning service. But I'm going to continue that um, that series, Pursuing God, a couple of weeks ago. If you were here, you may remember we talked about faith. It takes faith to pursue God. Amen. To step out. He that comes to God must believe. Somebody say believe. You must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so we have to step out. In other words, you can't stay stationary. You can't stay where you're at and expect the move of God. You have to take the step. That's why he said, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. And so today I'm going to preach the next part of this series. And I'm going to preach a little bit about hunger this morning. Because it not only takes faith, it takes hunger. Amen. And so here's my question. What are you hungry for? What are you hungry for? Amen. Will you help me preach? Amen. It's 1130. I don't know what time I'll get done. I'll just tell you what Brother Burns told us. Last. I'll preach till I'm done. And if I recognize that you're done before I'm done, I might get done before I get done. But, but I'm going to preach till I get done. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. And I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. And I, you know, I, I thought about preaching this message right on the, the tail end of Thanksgiving because I hope you didn't overload too much and I hope you didn't eat too much. Um, well, you're here at church, so I know that you survived. And uh, I'm thankful you're here. But usually if it's like around where I eat Thanksgiving, if you go away from the table hungry, it's not anybody else's fault but your own. Um, you know, because there's always plenty to eat, um, at least where, where I'm concerned. But I look up, looked up the word hunger in the dictionary, a couple of different websites that defined hunger, and listen to what hunger, how hunger is defined. Hunger is a feeling of discomfort or weakness caused by lack of food. You might be sitting here in church this morning with a little bit of discomfort, a little bit of weakness because you didn't eat any breakfast or you've decided to wait to eat breakfast. But it's a feeling of discomfort or weakness caused by lack of food coupled with the desire to eat. Webster's website defines hunger this way. It's a craving or urgent need for food. It's a craving or an urgent need for food. The next definition under that and on that website was it's an uneasy sensation occasioned by the lack of food or a weakened condition brought about by prolonged lack of food. And the last definition it gave was it's a strong desire or craving. And I think you understand this today, but there are different levels of hunger. And if we were to take a poll across this room, there are probably some of you that are pretty content. You had a big breakfast. Maybe you um, are more than satisfied. Maybe you ate too, ate too much, and maybe that's why you're kind of dozing right now. You're, because your stomach is full, or, or maybe you're at the, the, the next level of hunger where you're satisfied, and you really don't need to eat anymore. You had enough, and you know that's probably where I need to be. That's probably what I need to do. I didn't, I need to, when I eat, I just need to eat just to be satisfied. But, you know, 
I'm just being me here. But you know how it is. You eat and you eat and you eat. And like, man, that's why they give you these big plates at the restaurants because they, they don't want you to go away hungry and you feel like you got to eat everything on your plate. But that's another level where you eat, where you're satisfied and you really don't need to eat anymore. But then there's another level of hunger where there's this slight craving. And I suspect there's some of you like that today. I'm not a prophet, really. I'm just a preacher. I'm a pastor. But I suspect that there's some of you just got a little hankering. You got a little, little bit of an uneasiness and discomfort because you're just mildly hungry. And it sure would be nice to have something to snack on about now. But then there's another level of hunger where you are extremely hungry. Hungry, like it's like the morning of the day you decide you're going to fast. And you say, I'm going to fast this Wednesday because Wednesday is our fast day. And you wake up in the morning knowing you had just eaten a few hours before you went to bed. And you wake up and your brain says, fast day. Oh, you're hungry. And you've got these cravings. And does anybody know what I'm talking about? Sure, we do. And that's extremely hungry. Or maybe you go several hours or days without eating and your stomach is growling and and there's different levels of hunger that I've learned uh, whenever COVID hit and sis, sister Hans and I we had COVID last Christmas over the Christmas holiday and but it was the Saturday I believe it was the Saturday before Christmas that I realized that that I had lost my sense of taste and we had re actually we had recorded a service we had stopped having in-person services for a week or two and so um, we had recorded our service and my wife and daughter I think they went shopping and so I went and got something to eat and I kept eating and I kept eating and I kept I'm, th I'm not getting full but then it clicked you're not tasting this but I just kept eating and then I realized I'd eaten too much some people when they got COVID they they lost 10 or 15 pounds because they didn't couldn't taste anything that wasn't me <laughs> I just I wanted the, the sensation of taste and we'd salt stuff and put jelly on stuff because you wanted those extremes and but uh, so we just ate more and more or I ate more and more. But our bodies, they crave foods. And I understand this morning I'm on dangerous territory because this is not really the best topic to preach about on Sunday morning. But our bodies, physically, we crave foods more than others. We condition our bodies to desire certain kinds of food because of the foods that we're already eating, the foods we're familiar with. The things that we eat are often the things that we desire. People who have never eaten certain kinds of foods don't desire those kinds of foods, right? If you've never eaten sushi, you have, you have no desire probably to go eat sushi. But if you've eaten sushi and you like sushi, every once in a while you'll get that desire to, I want some sushi. I want to go eat some of this, this fish stuff that uh, looks kind of weird. I want to go eat some. And, uh, but if you've never had it, there's no hunger or there's no desire for it. People in India who've never eaten a good bacon cheeseburger, they don't ever desire bacon cheeseburgers because they, a lot of them, they worship cows, don't they? I mean, they've got cows walking all over the roads and the streets in, um, in those Calcutta, I think it is, India. But, but they don't have a hunger and desire for a cheeseburger like you and I might because they've never tasted it. And so we condition our bodies. What we eat, it, it, 
it creates cravings for us. We eat certain foods like sugars and we and 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 we because we fill our 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 system with sugar, our body begins to crave sugar. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? And and so whenever we go on a low carb diet or we decide that we're going to cut out carbohydrates or sugar, all of a sudden and we go cold turkey and we stop eating sugars, all of a sudden we get a headache and our body says, "No, no, no. Give me something give me some of that sugar that I want." We probably all understand this morning that there are kinds of foods. This is not a science lecture this morning. This is just introduction. But we all understand that, probably all understand that there are certain kinds of foods that, that help us with our energy levels and help us with the ability to think and help us to rest. If we eat certain kinds of foods, it messes with us. It, it causes us to sleep restless. But if we eat other kinds of foods, it helps our bodies. We all understand those kinds of things. And a person can change the types of food that they put in their body and they can they can literally change their life y'all don't like this kind of preaching do you this is meddling way too much i understand that because i wouldn't appreciate either but we all understand that if you eat more proteins and you eat more grains and you eat high fiber foods and you drink more water that it's going to have a different effect upon you than if you eat little debbies and pepperoni pizza and drink mountain dew can I get an amen? Y'all can smile a little bit here. Because it affects us differently because of what we're taking in. And if we're eating Little Debbie's and pepperoni pizza and drinking Mountain Dew, it creates cravings. It creates desires. I want, a, I want an oatmeal cream pie. I want a nutty bar. I want a Swiss cake roll. I want a Christmas tree. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm talking about. But, if we stop eating those things and we stop drinking the Mountain Dew, the cravings begin to subside. And the desire for those things begin to go away. And I'm certainly not here this morning to, to meddle, or especially right after Thanksgiving. And, and, but what I want to do here tonight, for, or this morning, for just a couple of minutes, is I want to draw a spiritual application. I want to make a spiritual connection here about hunger. Because what is often true in the natural is true in the spiritual. So I want you to notice this verse here with me one more time. Psalm 27 and 4. And David said, One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. One translation of this verse says, The one thing I ask of the Lord... The thing I seek the most, the one thing, somebody say one thing, the one thing, this is David writing this psalm, the one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek the most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. This statement that David writes in this 27th psalm, it is expressing desire. It is revealing, come on somebody, it is revealing his priority. It is showing his hunger. I am hungry to be with the Lord. I am hungry to connect with God, David was saying. David's greatest desires were connected to the Lord. The things that we desire the most reveal our priorities. 
I'm preaching about what are you hungry for. And the things that we desire the most, they reveal what is most important to us. It shows what we are truly hungry after. We can hunger and thirst for the good and the right things, or we can desire and pursue the wrong things. Just like you can desire to eat the wrong kinds of foods that that do damage to your bodies, or you can hunger and you can desire to eat the right things that will help your body. Just like in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. You can go after things that are going to prosper you spiritually, or you can hunger and thirst after things that are going to be a detriment and pull you down spiritually. And so here's what I want to preach this morning, is that our greatest desires in life need to revolve around things that are connected to God. Our greatest pursuits need to be those things that are connected to the Lord, the things that we're going after. You need to hear this pastor this morning, the things that we desire, the things that we hunger, the things that we are pursuing need to be things that are connected to God. Our loftiest goals should not be attached to the world. Amen. Our highest objectives should not be something that comes from evil things. Rather, as the Apostle Paul said it, he said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. David or Paul was saying, or Paul, the Apostle Paul was saying, there is a goal that I have set before me in my life, and I need to know God. I need to know God. I need to pursue God. I need to have a thirst for the things of God. And he went on to say, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Because hunger is a motivator. Hunger is a catalyst. It pushes people to do things that they don't normally do. The stronger you desire something, the more determined you become. If you are hunger, hungry for some specific thing in your life, you will move mountains, you will move things out of the way to obtain that, to go after that. And if your desire is toward God, you'll do what it takes to get to God. You'll stop making excuses. You'll stop putting things in front of you and keeping things around you in your life. But if you get hungry enough for God, you'll, re you'll remove all of the hindrances and you'll remove all of the walls and you'll say, i got to know the Lord that I might know Him and the power of His resurrection because hunger is a motivator. And when you're hungry physically, you'll eat things that you won't normally eat. <laughs> You might pull up to the table and eat a liver if you get hungry enough. How many people like liver? God bless you, folks. If you get hungry enough, you'll eat a chicken gizzard. We've got a few reprobates in here. You'll eat that stuff or whatever it is that, that, that you detest. If you get hungry enough, and you need protein or you need something to satisfy, you'll go ahead and put that in your mouth if you get hungry enough. When you get desperate enough, you do things you don't normally do. And I just want to tell you this morning that when you get hungry enough for God, when you get hungry enough for God, you're going to do what you might not normally do. When a person gets hungry for God, it becomes the thing that propels them. 
Am I making sense this morning? It becomes the catalyst. It motivates people to go to church. It motivates people to take steps that they don't normally take. When a person gets hungry for God, they're going to linger and they're going to pray longer than they might normally pray. When people get hungry for God, they're going to say, I'm going to fast another day. I'm going to fast another meal. I'm going to push the plate away one more time because I've got a hunger for God to hear the Lord, to know what God is saying to me. When people get hungry for God, they'll do things that they might not normally do. I think of that Old Testament character, Hannah, who wanted a child so bad. And she went to the temple to pray, and she was praying, and her mouth was moving, and, and she was obviously making some um, motions or going through some kind of actions that when Eli the priest saw Hannah praying there in the temple, she thought, that woman is drunk. She doesn't look right. Why is she acting like that? And when she got up, Eli the priest went over to Hannah and said, hey, Hannah, what's wrong with you? You need to lay aside the liquor. You need to stop the drinking. And she said, oh, Leah, Eli, you really don't understand. I have not drunk strong drink or wine. It has not come into my body. But my soul is sorrowful. And I have poured out. Listen to this. She said, I have poured out my soul before the Lord. And I just want you to know that when people get hungry, they'll go to the altar and they'll pour their soul out before the Lord. Now, some of us will sit around and we'll look at them. What's the matter with so-and-so? Oh, what, I don't, what, what are they doing up there? I'll tell you what they're doing. They're pouring their soul out before the Lord because there's a hunger in their heart that says, I need God. Praise the Lord. When Hezekiah heard from Isaiah the prophet, Isaiah walked up to Hezekiah and he said, Hey, Hezekiah, Hezekiah you better get your house in order because you're fixing to die. Oh, Hezekiah, he said, the Bible says that Hezekiah went and he turned his face to the wall. And he prayed to the Lord. And the Bible says that he wept sore. And God spared him. God heard his prayer because there was an element of desperation. And I wonder sometimes if the Lord doesn't answer us or the Lord doesn't hear our prayer because there's no desperation in our prayer. It's just formality. It's just ritual. This is the way I always do it. These are the words I always say. But there's something about it when somebody starts hungering after God, hungering after the things of the Lord, and they pray and they fast and they pursue God. They're not the ones sitting back, but they're the ones who are stepping out. I'm going to tell you something this morning. Hungry people are not the people you have to sit there and pull and pry and say, oh, you need to come and pray. Hungry people, they're, they're ready. They're wanting. They're ready to go pray. They're waiting. When is this preacher going to get done? When is morning going to come? When is my time to pray going to come? Because they're hungry. They don't just sit back and watch other people. Oh, look, they're going to the altar. Oh, look, oh, that's special, aren't they? Oh, I'm so glad. So, And they're just sitting back watching because they're not hungry. They, they have filled their heart and their mind and their desires with other things. But people who are hungry for God, they're saying, oh, i got to pray. Oh, i got to get to God. i got to lay aside some time. i got to get closer to the Lord because there's a thirst, there's a hunger to pursue God. Hungry people are the ones that go to the altar before an altar call is ever given because they know they need to pray. You know how it is at Thanksgiving or these special meals we have. You know it's the hungry people. You, you get the food cooking in the kitchen and things are all just about all ready. And the hungry people, they're the ones that walk in the kitchen. 
what you cooking? Open the refrigerator door, and they're just walking around. Is it almost done? How, how much longer till we eat? Because they're hungry. And they're looking for the food to be set on the but, the... but the people who aren't hungry, they're sitting in the living room. And then when the food's set out on the table, hey, Joe, time to eat. And they don't ever come. Joe, it's time to eat. Come on, Joe, the table's set. But see, when you're not hungry, there's no motivation to get up and go. But folks, when you get hungry for the things of God, it changes you. It changes. You don't sit back anymore. But it becomes the thing that propels you. The Bible talks about a church in the book of Ephesus, in the book of Revelation, not the book of Ephesus, but the book of Revelation, the church at Ephesus, and it said they had lost their first love. How about that? God, help us not to lose our thirst, our hunger. Because when we lose our thirst and when we lose our first love, it's no longer important to pray. It's no longer important to worship. It's no longer important to come to the house of the Lord. We've lost our first love. We lost our hunger. But if you're hungry, if you're thirsty for the things of God, praise the Lord, there are still people who have the fire. There are still people who have the zeal. There are still people who have the passion for the things of God. But others have replaced their hunger with other things. They no longer are in love with the Lord. You know, back during COVID, it's, you know, it's, it's been a little bit of a trial for a lot of people over the last 18 months. And, and when COVID hit, I think it was March 17th was our last, our, our, our last Wednesday night service before COVID really began to expand and uh, when it was a Wednesday night we had that Wednesday night service March 17th or 15th or 17th of 2020 and uh, when COVID hit and we said well we're gonna have to take a break from having in-person services there were many people not just in this area but all over America many people were like what can't go to the house of the Lord I can't gather and worship with God's people and it felt like to many, many people, they had been robbed of something. What? I can't go to church? I can't come to the house? I can't fellowship with God's people? And it was like something had been ripped out of them. And people were longing to come together. People wanted to be with each other in the house of the Lord. But we watched it. You need to listen to me for a minute. But we watched it. Not here, not just here, but all over America. As people became accustomed to sitting at home. And they began watching church online. And they got comfortable in their homes. And they really never really, very few, I, you know, I, again, I'm not a prophet. I just know me. Very few people truly interacted and participated with online services because it's it's not the same and you know that it does it's not meant to replace what we do here together every week amen and so people got comfortable in their homes and then then when it was time to go back 
it was kind of like, I'll just watch online. I'm the, I don't say this arrogant. I'm the pastor. I know it. I'll, I'll, I'll catch it online, pastor. And people just got out of the habit of, of gathering. Gathering is biblical, by the way. We're supposed to gather. We're supposed to come together. But COVID became the excuse for a lot of people's lack of faithfulness. They would, they would readily, listen, people who began to use COVID as an excuse, they would readily go to a ball game. Yes, they would. They would readily go to the grocery store and rub shoulders and interact with people. But, oh, no, 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 I can't go to church because church is a hot spot. How many times did you hear that? Church is a hot spot. And I don't mean to stand up here and be critical, but everywhere was a hot spot. It wasn't, a, it, and, it, and it, it, it was not really, um, it wasn't about church being a hot spot. It was about a heart, really, a heart issue. But we, we began to fill our lives and satisfy that hunger that was there with other things. And people began to satisfy their desires by eating other things, if I can say it that way, and chewing on other things. Because whatever a person is hungry for, that's what they will pursue. And some people are pursuing the wrong things. And some people are going after the wrong, uh, they're walking down the wrong roads and they're hungry for the wrong things. That's because there are a lot of people who have cultivated an appetite for the things that do not honor God or they are in direct disobedience to God. Eve craved, craved a piece of fruit that the Lord said, don't eat of that fruit. But she had a desire for that. Samson desired a relationship outside of the will of God and ended up captured and being blinded. Judas craved money and he betrayed the Lord for 30 pieces of silver. But let me, let me take a minute here and I want to show you some things in Scripture about pursuing the wrong things. If you will turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3 with me, please. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 1. I'm talking about what are we hungry for. And so Paul writes to Timothy here, and he says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Verse number 2, For men shall be lovers of their own selves covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. And so the Apostle Paul, he gives this list of, of spirits and attitudes and characteristics of things that would that would, be, that would be obvious in the, in the last days. He said, this is the last days, this is what it's going to look like. And he gives three very specific things that humanity would become lovers of, that they would chase after. And so in verse number two, if you have your Bible, I just want, I'm just taking a minute here, all right? So you just bear with me. He said in verse number two that men would be lovers of their own selves. This is what they get hungry for. Self, 
selfish desires. It's me, me, me. I have to take care of me. I'm, it's all about me, me. They are lovers of their own selves. Look at me. Look at how beautiful I am. It's all about me. I want the attention. That's, by the way, that is the generation we live in, the last days. It is about me. It's a selfish. They are lovers of their own selves. And so people are pursuing avenues that promote love of self. The very next word in verse number two. Men shall be lovers of their own selves. And then it says covetous. That is a word that means greed. It means they are greedy for possessions. They are greedy for stuff, for things. And people are going after things. They, are, they now love possessions. They love things. And then the third thing is in verse number four. They are lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. In my, if that doesn't characterize our generation. But the scripture, the scripture here in this passage of scripture, this, this passage here is not speaking positively about these pursuits. You need to know that. It is not speaking positive things here about becoming a lover of your own self or be a lover of things or a lover of pleasures. The Bible is not telling us to go after things, these things. But the word of God is illustrating the appetites and the desires of people going the wrong way. Here's what Paul is telling us. Sit up and pay attention to what you're hungry for. Praise God. He is saying sit up and pay attention to what, what you're going after. Are you going after things that promote self, that are selfish desires, that say point that point at yourself? Are you going after things that are the pleasures of this world or things that or covetous, or greed, or stuff, or possessions. And if we're going to pursue God, we're going to have to get, we're going to have to get over ourselves. We're going to have to lay pride and personal pleasure aside. We're going to have to do what Jesus said. We're going to have to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Him. He said, What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and he loses his own soul? There are things, but what I'm trying to communicate here this morning is that there are pursuits, there are things that people fall in love with that are not the right road. They are not the right road. People fall in love with self. People fall in love with things. In fact, Paul told Timothy, he says that the love of money is the root of all evil. There are people who have fallen in love with money, and it has caused them to err from the faith. 1 Timothy 6 and 10. They coveted after it, and they erred from the faith, and they pierced themselves with many sorrows. Because when a person hungers for money more than they love God, they err from the faith. Here's what I would say. Here's what pastor would say. If your job is hindering your relationship with God, or it is causing you, listen to me, it's not about me, but I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you as your pastor. But if your job is hindering your relationship with God, or your job is causing you to walk down paths that open doors of temptation that you don't need to be walking down, and you know what I'm talking about, if it is, you, you probably need to go find a new job. But I'm making a lot of money. But if it's hindering your relationship with the Lord, maybe you need to put money second and follow the Lord. Good preaching, Pastor. Maybe you need to follow the Lord. Maybe you need to get hungry, more hungry for God and stop spending so much time pursuing that thing called money because it's not about money. John said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. 
All that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It is not of the Father. And there are people who have fallen in love with the world. They are more hungry for attention, for the approval and the affirmation of the things of the world, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, the lust. Is this okay to preach on Sunday morning? There are people who are more in love with the world than they are with God because they're more hungry for that. And the reason they're more hungry for that is because they keep spoon-feeding themselves the world. And so what that does is the closer they get to the world and the more they try to dress like the world and more like they, they want to talk like the world and more be associated with the world, they keep feeding these spoonfuls into their mouth and all of a sudden their appetite is no longer for prayer and fasting and worship and faithfulness to the house of the Lord. But now their desire and their hunger is now that I have to go participate in this and I have to look like this and I have to be this person because they love the world. That's what they're hungry for. So my, my, my question stays the same. What are you hungry for? Folks, we are pursuing God. And if you ask this preacher, I'm going to always point you back to God. I'm going to tell you, go after for God. You say, well, what should I do in this situation? Does it get you closer to God or does it pull you farther away from God? There's your answer. Have you prayed about it? Have you put it before the Lord? Have you, said, have you asked God, what do I need to do? Because it's about serving the Lord. It's about pursuing God. I know we just came through Thanksgiving and we're getting ready to go into the Christmas season and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about December the 19th. We're going to have a... We're going to have some singing and we're going to have a dinner together and all that on December the 19th here at our church. But you know what? Christmas time is not the time to relax spiritually. It's not, the, it's not the time to let the world get its hooks in you and pull you back into the world. But if there's ever a season, if there's ever a time, we need to go after God. It is right now. We need to love the Lord with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Praise God. I feel like this morning I'm kind of I'm preaching to a few people, but I kind of also feel like I'm preaching up against a brick wall. But I'm going to keep preaching. I'm going to keep saying it, and I'm going to keep proclaiming it. We are pursuing God. We are going after the things of God. It is not about the world. It is not about the affirmation of the world. It is not about the approval of the people around us. It is about God saying, well done, good and faithful servant. And that's what we want to hear because there are the right things to pursue. There are wrong things to pursue, but there are also the right things to pursue. Praise the Lord. The Psalms 63. I love this psalm. Verse number one. Oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. Look, notice this verse here. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longs for thee in a dry and thirsty land to see thy power and thy glory as so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary because thy loving kindness is better than life my lips shall praise thee praise God I'm gonna pray you know we've been talking about praise and I, I thank you Kaylee for the great song we've been worshiping the Lord here this morning he said my lips will praise thee my lips will praise thee why all right why am I gonna praise thee because there's a hunger there's a desire Praise the Lord. I didn't come to church this morning to sit on a pew. 
or a chair. I didn't come to church just to look at people and watch what people are going to do. But I came to get my hands in the air. I came to get my feet off the ground. I came to lift my voice to the Lord. Why, pastor? Because you're emotional? No, because there's a hunger in my heart to love the Lord and to know the Lord. And so, my friend, you can sit back all day long if you want to, but this man right here, I'm going to praise the Lord, and I'm going to lift my voice, and I'm going to get excited, and I'm going to get emotional about it. Praise the Lord, because there's a thirst for the Lord. Verse number four, thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift my hands in thy name. Brother Wallace taught about it, the trees the willow trees waving in the wind. I'm going to lift my hands to the Lord because He is worthy. Verse number 5, My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness in my mouth shall praise Thee with joyful lips. Amen. We need a desire to be in the presence of the Lord. Every day you need to be in the presence of the Lord. You say, well, God's with me. He's in my heart. I got the Holy... Yes, He is. He goes with, he will never leave you nor forsake you. I understand that. But there are time in our day, there's a time in our day when we need to step away and we need to get in the presence of the Lord where we have a face-to-face talk with the Lord. You know, that's what the word presence means in the Bible. The word presence literally means face-to-face. It's like when Moses interacted with the Lord in the book of Exodus. We have a face-to-face. We commune with the Lord. Well, I'm too busy. I've got all this going on. You need to lay aside some stuff. If you're too busy to talk to the Lord, you're too busy. I say that nicely. You can't use all this stuff in your life as an excuse not to get in the presence of the Lord. That's where your hunger changes. That's where your priority changes. That's where you say, you know what, there's more other stuff going on. I need to be near the Lord. And so... You lay some things aside. We need a hunger for the Word of God. As newborn babes, 1 Peter 2, 2, As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. Just like a newborn baby, just like the baby back there with, with Amber and Keith, uh, uh, Ethan's new baby there. As a newborn babe, desiring milk. I'm hungry, I'm thirsty for it. He said, desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. I love Psalm 119. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. I don't know, but that Bible is kind of boring. I just, I just don't get anything out of it. You know why you don't get anything out of it? You know why you don't get anything out of the book? It's because you've been feeding yourself with too much other stuff. But here's what you do. is You get up in the morning and you open your Bible you take a bite of the word of the Lord. Mm, that tastes good. And then the next morning you get up and you take another bite. And then the next day you take another bite. And all of a sudden you start acquiring an appetite for the word of God. All of a sudden there's a desire. And then if a day ever happens and, and you miss your time with, oh, you, you know, you, 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 you got too wrapped up in other things and you didn't get time for your Bible reading, all of a sudden it's like, man, I, want, I need some time in the Bible. The other morning we got, we got up at 4 o'clock in the morning on Wednesday. We had service here on Tuesday. Wednesday morning we got up at 4 o'clock in the morning and drove to Iowa. I didn't have, I didn't have time. I just, I'll just confess to you. I didn't have time to read my Bible Wednesday morning. I barely had time to brush my teeth before we got in the car. And so I didn't read my Bible Wednesday morning like I normally do. But there was this this nudge, 
Maybe it was just ever so slight, but it was like, it's like that old Larnell Harris song. I miss my time with you, those moments together. So God nudges us. See, you create an appetite. But if you don't ever pick up your Bible, no wonder you don't have any desire for the Bible. If you don't ever come to church, no wonder you don't ever have a desire to come to church. But like that old saying, the more you miss church, the less you miss church. The more you step out, the, the more opportunities you, you desire, or you put aside and don't come to the house of the Lord, the less and less it's important to you. But we desire the word of the Lord. David said, I desire the temple of the Lord, to dwell in the house of the Lord, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. Hebrews 10.25 says, We should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. You know that's still in the Bible. I don't mean to be sarcastic. I don't mean to be that or you know cynical or anything like that. But that verse is still in the Bible. That we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So we need a desire for His Word. We need a desire for His house. We need a desire for holiness and righteousness. Amen. We need a desire for holiness and righteousness. We need a desire for holiness and righteousness. See, some people lose their desire to be more like the Lord because they're trying to be more like the world. Yes, 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 pastor, that's right. Because they're spoon-feeding themselves the things of the world. They're entertaining themselves with the things of the world. They're watching the things that the world is watching. And they're feeding, they're, they are increasing their appetite to look and to behave and to become like the world. But I'm, again, I'm going to repeat it. If you'll feed yourself on prayer, if you'll feed yourself on communion with God, Praise the Lord. If you'll feed yourself on the word of the Lord, it's going to turn your life around. It's going to transform your life. And all of a sudden, there's a thirst. There's a hunger for the things of God. Oh, yes, there is. You'll stop being distracted by all the things that are going on in your life. And you'll say, no, I need to go pray. I need to seek the Lord. I need to get near the Lord. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Stop trying to see how close you can get to the world and see how much more you can be like God. Hebrews 12, 14. Write it down if you don't know it. Write it down if you don't know this verse. Hebrews 12, 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. I looked up that word follow in some other translations. In the... MEV in the Holman Bible and the New King James, the word follow is translated pursue. So let me read it with that word in there. Pursue peace with all men and holiness. Go after it. Go after it. Go after holiness. Don't put it on the back burner and say, well, it's just kind of maybe an extra thing in my life. No, pursue peace. And pursue holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. The English Standard Version says, strive for holiness. And so I say, God, please give me a thirst for righteousness. Lord, give me a thirst for holiness. As the deer pants after the water brook, so pants my soul after you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God, when I come and appear before God. This is what revival is all about. And this is what hunger's all about. It's about sparking 
the fire. It's about igniting the passion. Well, I'm kind of, I'm kind of just comfortable right now. I'm kind of just lukewarm. But there's something that has to be ignited in our spirits. There's something that has to be lit in our hearts, in our souls. That sets us on fire. Paul told, Paul told Timothy, he said, fan into the flame. He said, stir up the gift of God that's within you. Because sometimes if we don't stir it up, it gets lower and lower and lower. And we get lower and lower spiritually. But if somehow this morning or this afternoon, if somehow today we can... If we can start fanning the flame and say, oh God, put the passion back. Preach it, Pastor. Oh God, if you can just somehow bring the zeal back. Bring the desire back for me to pray. Bring the desire back for me to lift my hands and worship the Lord. If we can somehow get that fire back in us, there will be revival in our hearts and who we are. There will be revival in our families. There will be revival in our church. There will be revival in our city. But you have to pursue it. You have to go after it. And it takes hunger. It takes hunger. You have to cultivate an appetite. Cultivate it. Till the ground. You have to stir it up. You know how you get rid of the wrong desires? You know how you get rid of the wrong desires? You starve them. You starve them. People who are addicted to substance and addicted to behaviors, the way that they get rid of that addiction is they starve it. They no longer expose themselves to it. And they, 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 they slowly, it's a process, it, it takes time, but it's a process where you starve it out of your system to where your system is not automatically craving that, that substance every day. And so you starve it out. And the same is true with, with the, the pursuits that so many people are chasing in the world today. The way that we, that, the way that we change our appetite to the things of the Lord is we start starving the things that we should not be going after. The Bible says, lay aside every weight and the sin. The Bible says, put off malice and guile and hypocrisies. And be real is what he's saying. And envies and all evil speakings. He says, give no place to the devil. He says, make no provision for the flesh. He said, abstain from all appearance of evil. You change your diet. You change your diet. And you start starving out the things that are no longer healthy for you. And you start feeding yourselves to things that need to be in your system. Stand with me if you would, please. It, it's, it's just like if you have a sugar addiction. And I'm preaching, I'm, I'm not preaching here. I'm talking from experience. But if you want to get rid of the sugar addiction... Stop eating candy, <laughs> cookies, cake, crackers, cereal, and caramel corn. And you just starve it. And you start feeding yourself the, the other stuff. Spiritually, folks, spiritually, it's about... You know what it is? It's taking time this morning and praying. You say, Pastor, you, you're, just, you're just preaching for a response. You just want people to do what you're... No, no, no. 
I don't preach to manipulate people. I preach people to get them to heaven. The Bible says it is by the, the foolishness of preaching that God has chosen to save them that believe. And so I preach this morning so you can go to heaven. So you can have a relationship. You know what you can do today? Is you can take a bite of prayer this morning. You've already taken a bite of the word. But you can take a bite of prayer, consecration, and dedication. And then tomorrow morning when you get up, you can take another bite of prayer. I challenge, I challenge you. I challenge. Challenge yourself. Not just me. Challenge yourself. That you're going to change your diet. And you're going to start eating the things. And alter your life. Praise the Lord. You cultivate an appetite. Lord Jesus, this, this afternoon we, we turn our attention, our focus, oh God, to you. And Lord, perhaps there are things that we've allowed in our life. Perhaps, oh God, there are things that we have become too accustomed. And we, we, Lord, we just have the wrong desires toward things. Lord, today I'm praying that you would help me and help us, Lord, to begin to starve those things, oh God, to get rid of those things. So that, Lord, in, in turn, we have an appetite for prayer and worship, and we have an appetite for the Word of God, and we have an appetite, oh God, to be with your people. I pray, Lord, this day, I pray, Lord, that you would touch us in the name of Jesus. Help us, oh God. And so this, this, morning, this afternoon, as we close out, I'm going to invite you to pray. You can pray at your chair. You can pray around this altar. If you want to go home, you can just go on home. That's okay. I don't mean that cynically or sarcastically. But if you need to go, you can go. But if you would like to pray this today, this afternoon, for a few minutes, there is a taste of the supernatural. There is a taste of godliness. There is a taste of righteousness. There is a taste of the heavenly here today. And so I would invite you to pray with me for a few minutes and to change our diet, to change and alter our lifestyle. It has to start somewhere. Thank you, Lord Jesus.